0: Welcome to Fundamentals of Canadian Law. I'm Matt Shepard, and this week I'm digging into an amazing free resource available to everyone with Law 201701 designer and instructor, Mary Jo Mauer. We'll be talking about how to find and understand court decisions on Canley.org. It's a truly astonishing resource for Canadians. My mind was blown by everything you can do on Canley, and I think yours will be too. A note about audio this week, I had kind of a dumb idea. I thought I could work on my computer on the website while also talking to Mary Jo, which turned my head away from the microphone. So the audio quality is not the best this week, but you can hear Mary Jo very clearly. And she's the person you really do need to hear. So uh, we're going to go ahead with that. And the fun news coming out of that is that this is the first episode of the podcast that you can play along with. Uh, the podcast works on its own, uh, but since Mary Jo is actually talking me through how to use Canley to research court cases in real time, if you're listening to this while at a computer, you can pull up canly.org and actually play along with us. And if you're interested in understanding how to find and read court cases and court decisions, it's covered a lot more exhaustively in Law 201701, Introduction to Canadian Law, the flagship course of the Queen's Certificate in Law. You can find out more about the Certificate in Law at TakeLaw.ca. I'm, I'm curious about something, something I've seen in the news, something, something that has something to do with court or court cases or something that's happening. What do I, how do I find out more about this?
1: Uh, that's an excellent question, and it's one that um, I'm pleased to hear you asking because I think it's important that citizens do that. As people, if we just rely on what it says in the media about what the decision is, we haven't maybe got the whole story. There are a couple of ways to do it. Um, the very best way is to go to CanLii, which is a website, C-A-N-L-I-I, Canadian Legal Information. And you can uh, go there and find any case from across the country that's recent. It well, doesn't have... all what, of,
0: let's, let's make this the episode of the podcast with extra typing noises. Okay, go. I'm just going to go for it. Go. All right. So, C-A-N-L-I-I. L-I-I dot org. So, I'm seeing all sorts of stuff here.
1: Yeah. So, you're seeing the opening page, and it offers you a bunch of browsing options. So, It helps if you know which province the decision is from, but you don't have to know. Up in that top box, it says document text or case name or note up. So you can, you know, put in almost anything. So say you don't know what province it is, just put the case name in. If you know the name of one of the participants in the case from the newspaper article you read or what you heard on the radio, um, you can just put the name in. Okay. so maybe we want to look at the Gomeshi case. Sure. That was a really interesting one. So you just type in Gomeshi, G O G H O M E S H I, And now you're going to get a whole bunch of results. Well, actually, there's not a million of them there. There's like three or four, right?
0: Well, but it's already interesting because I'm guessing, uh, mm-hmm. because I know that this was a criminal case, right? that we're going to be looking for the R versus Gomeshi.
1: Right, right. So for folks who don't know, every time it's a criminal case... The two parties are the crown and the accused. So the R O actually stands for, at this point in time, Regina, which is the queen. If we ever have a king, it will be Rex. So for now, R just means the crown versus Gomeshi. So the little V stands for versus. So you can click on that. Okay. Now, in this particular case, uh, there was a publication ban. So that is the first thing that you'll see, that originally there was a a publication ban on the evidence to begin with. Um, There is no longer, of course, because the case has been decided and uh, the decision is out there. So if you scroll down, you can now see that this took place uh, in the Ontario Court of Justice. So to back up a little bit, there are two courts in Ontario that hear criminal matters, one is the Ontario Court of Justice, which has provincially appointed judges. And the other is the uh, Ontario Superior Court of Justice, which has federally appointed judges. So if it's a case of assault or, and if the um, accused has opted not to have a jury trial, it will usually end up in the Ontario Court of Justice. So okay. there's no jury. Right. Ontario Court of Justice, there's never a jury, and um, it's just a judge. So the judge hears all the evidence, and the judge makes the findings of fact, and then the judge makes the legal decision at the end. So, so that's what happened to Mr. Gomeshi.
0: Right now, uh, we're looking at a criminal case. Mm-hmm. So it, it's the, mm-hmm. the Crown against mm-hmm. John Gomeshi. Right. Uh, because he was charged with a crime. But Canley right. also has public or civil law. Yes,
1: yes. Trial, right? Okay, right. So that's a criminal one, but Lee, it of course, covers everything. So um, judges don't just make decisions about uh, criminal matters, they make decisions about civil cases. Right. So a civil case is uh, two individuals fighting over money, Right. nine times out of ten. Okay. Um, sometimes they're fighting about things like wanting to stop someone from doing something, so getting an injunction. But most of the time, at the bottom of that heap, A is suing B to get money.
0: So, and I, I swear we have not rehearsed this beforehand. This, is, this really is spontaneous. <laughs> but if I type something like uh, car manufacturing here, I'll probably find someone that sued somebody for something, right?
1: So civil cases do appear as well in Canley, of course. So civil cases are generally uh, party A suing party B for money. They're usually, civil cases are all about money. Uh, Now, if it's a civil family case, it may be about something other than money. But generally, civil litigation, uh, breach of contract, torts, negligence, all that stuff is about money. So if you're now on the Can Lee main page, you want to go to that box that says document text,
0: just to fiddle around. Because I'm now, searching the entire You're searching. Decision. Yeah, you're, okay.
1: you're going to get tons of hits here. So now you could put in, for example, quote, breach of contract, end quote. And my goodness. Oh, wow. You've got lots of results now. Twenty thousand results. Mm-hmm. So you can actually, um, you can scroll through all of those and see... What you've uh, what you've got, but you can also if you go back up to the top of the page, there you'll see uh, see it says all jurisdictions on the left, and right. on the right it says by relevance. Right, drop down that by relevance box, okay. and it's going to offer you a different way to sort. So you can sort by court level, you can sort by relevance. Just means. How relevant uh, does this term turn up a lot? Right. in that case. In, in what I for. Right, right. right. Um, well, or you can search by most recent. So I, my favorite trick is search by most recent because okay. I want to. Know, I'm all about the church of what's happening now. Okay. So now you're going to see uh, that there's um, a a recent case there, for example, uh, you know that you might want to look at. The second hit there would be most interesting to me because that's the Ontario Superior Court of Justice. So I would open that up and, wow, now I can read the whole decision. So as I look at it, I see that it's between Web Objective Inc., which is a corporation. I know it's a corporation because it says Inc. And uh, it looks like the um, defendants are uh, a corporation and some individuals. So that's interesting to me right off the bat. So I know this corporation, Web Objective Inc., is being sued, uh, or sorry, is suing, because they're the plaintiffs. They're at the top. Uh, They are suing this other corporation, and some individuals.
0: And I can even see who the lawyers are.
1: You can see who the lawyers are. And then if you scroll down just a little bit, you can see that the judge there is a fellow named Perel J. Justice Perel is a highly respected judge of the Ontario Superior Court of Justice, and he writes beautifully. He's got some great decisions out there. So I would be very interested in reading that decision. So as you scroll down... You can see that this judge follows a format that most judges follow in their decisions, right? This judge gives you a little introduction off the top. Mm -hmm. So he tells you, um, I know Justice Perel is a he, that's why I'm I'm saying he, um, that this is a class action pursuant to the Class Proceedings Act uh, that he has a decision to make there about, this is probably about certification, Um, although I can't quite see it from here, but I suspect that's what it's about. And then he gives you the facts. So most judges organize their judgments by giving you a little introductory overview. Mm -hmm. Then you get a, a nice factual description. Then usually you'll scroll down and the judge will say, here are the issues that arise out of these facts, and there may be a heading that says issues for this um, or there may be just one that says discussion. Yep. And in this case, it looks like there's just discussion or analysis sometimes you'll you'll hear. And uh, he's saying here, Section 29 of the Class Proceedings Act requires court approval for the discontinuance, abandonment, or settlement of an action. So that's what this is about. This is about somebody wanting to discontinue the action, and since it's a class action, the court has to make that decision. So you know a whole lot from just scanning the document,
0: and I mean, I obviously there are words here I don't understand. There's, there's right. some terms of art, but I look just on a scan. This is all very readable to me. Yes, like it's very easy for me to follow yes. the and understand what's happening here.
1: Right, and I mean, judges, uh, Ontario judges, actually all federally appointed and provincially appointed judges uh, have to go to judge school, right? And they have to take regular updating. And one of the things that they try to help judges learn is how to write that way.
0: So justices are actually trained in the art of writing decisions. Oh, yes. And with the intent of making them kind of legible for the layperson.
1: That is exactly right. And as citizens, we want everybody to read these decisions. Don't just count on what you you read in the National Post or the Globe and Mail. Oh, justice so-and-so made a decision. Be curious. Go and look it up on Can Lee. Read it for yourself. So
0: I'm getting slightly obsessed with the, <laughs> because I mean now I can like okay Web Objective Inc. Here they are.
1: Now you can are Google they crazy
0: them. Litigious? I can, go
1: back you to can, can Lee and, see and you the, can you can go back and see if there are any other cases. No, they've only uh, no, got the one. They've case. only got the one. So you know they're not crazy. But the other thing you can do is you can now Google those parties. Right. To see what you can find out about those right. companies. What do you you know, you may be curious about the companies and what they do. You may want to know a little more than what's in the decision. So it's in Once you get started digging around like this, this kind of research is easy to do and fun.
0: I I feel like a little court detective now.
1: Yes, exactly. And so you should. You should also feel like a good citizen, which is... Very interesting to me. We what, want to make good citizens. What's
0: your sort of, are there any other kind of search tricks to canley that you've really, that you've uncovered that you really like in terms of uncovering things?
1: Well, yes. First of all, I like to uh, narrow it down by jurisdiction if I can. Right. So if I know that this case happened in Ontario, then I want to narrow it down to that. Because um, I want to uh, not get too many hits, the whole goal when you do a search of a database like this uh, is to get uh, a reasonable number of hits right. if you've got over twenty, you lose okay. it's because you can't you're not going to read all those twenty cases, so the optimal number of hits is usually somewhere between ten and twelve right. You want to get that number of hits. So, for example, here, if now you're looking at Ontario, now you can uh, limit it even more. So you can say, okay, I only want to look at Ontario Court of Appeal decisions. And that's because, of course, the Ontario Court of Appeal is the highest uh, court in Ontario, so its decisions are very authoritative. So you might click on Ontario Court of Appeal, for example, and you'll see that um, you can access by date as well. So you might say, well, I only want uh, 2018. I only want to know if there's been a recent decision uh, in the Ontario Court of Appeal. So you can scroll down and see all of the decisions that have been done in 2018 to date. And as you can see, the Ontario Court of Appeal has been quite busy. They've done, you know, that looks like about 30 or 40 decisions since January 1, and this is January 31, so...
0: As I'm scrolling down, I'm seeing Mm -hmm. case after case after case, and it's always the same format. It's Mm -hmm. always something v. something. That's correct. Is the order important? Yes.
1: So uh, the order tells you who was the plaintiff and who was the defendant, or if it's a family case, who was the applicant and who was the respondent. Okay. Uh, If it's a criminal case, of course, we already know R is always going to be first, Right. So, this is R versus someone. So, because that's in a criminal case, the, it's always the crown going after. The crown's a plaintiff. Right. The crown's moving forward. Right. right. And the accused person is always a defendant. So, sometimes you'll see two names. Like, there's a decision there, Galati and Galati, that you can see at the top. Yeah. That one is almost bound to be a family law decision. Right. It might be an estates one where two people with the same name or in in a family are suing one another over an estate. There's
0: an Andrews v. Andrews.
1: Those ones are almost guaranteed to be family law cases. So uh, that's helpful to know, and you may be interested in looking at that. Now, some family law cases, they don't have the same last name, so... You know, you may not, uh, it's not foolproof, but it certainly is an indicator that it's likely to be a family law case.
0: So if I legally change my name to R, I can talk <laughs> to a lot of people. I don't
1: know if you're allowed. Okay. I think there's rules about what you can do with your name.
0: Uh, there's one I'm seeing that isn't a V. It just says o and, o- and, o- and, o- and, and
1: Re. R- okay, now that one is going to be an application. So if you go ahead and click on that one, so uh, and then scroll down, you'll see that this is in the matter of... Uh, it means that it's it's basically a decision about, uh, it's going to be a decision about the law. So if you scroll down a little further, okay. rather than, um, both appellants appeal the detention orders imposed on them by the Ontario Review Board. So it's going to be, it's not a civil case. It's now, this is a judicial review application. So the issue is going to be about the law rather than about the facts. So, right. So... Um, some of the some of the names are a little different if it's a judicial
0: review application. But this is this is fascinating. I mean, I, mm-hmm. it's very easy for me to basically find yeah any information I want about whatever's been decided in a court in Canada.
1: Mm-hmm. It, now, Canley doesn't go all the way back for uh, everything, right. but it does go pretty far. There are um, and certainly for anything recent, you are going to find recent decisions on Canley very easily. Anything from early 90s on is guaranteed to be on Lee, but anything a little earlier might or might not be there. Uh, they're slowly building up that database to make it bigger and bigger. Mm. But there are paid databases that lawyers use. So they don't always use these the, the free one, the Lee one.
0: What would the advantage of a paid database be?
1: Well, I'm so glad you asked. Um, a paid database includes commentary. Okay. so and it's much more searchable and much more easily searchable so for me as a, as a lawyer I can find what did uh, a prof write about this is there a paper by another professor to the on this topic about this case um, I have other judges uh, made comments on this particular case so that's called noting up how many right. judges have cited this case in their decisions as precedent or as okay. authority? So there's a lot of advantages to a paid database over the Canley. You can do some of that in Canley, but it's cl- a little clunky. It's a right. lot easier to do it with the paid database. So, what
0: do I mean, for just sort of for self-directed research. Oh my
1: gosh, it's a it's a wonderful Canley has come a long, long way. It's a remarkably helpful. Database. The the one other thing we might want to talk about just before we call it quits for today is Can Lee connects. Right. Um, Can Lee connects has case briefs. So let's say you're not so interested in reading the whole case yourself, or you want to know what another what a lawyer thinks of this decision. If you scroll down, you're going to see that um, there's people that have written little articles and blogs and uh, case briefs on different topics.
0: So it's basically people are taking these decisions and saying, what does this mean? Yes. And it saves you tons
1: of time. I use it. I frequently go there. I may disagree with what the writer has said, but I now have a little precy of the case before I read it. So now reading the case is that much easier. Uh, So there's one on intentional torts, which is uh, an interesting thing to me, of course, because I teach torts. So I want to take a look at that one um it's uh but there's tons of them and you can search canley connects to see if the case that you're curious about has any commentary so these are just people writing comments they're not peer reviewed they're not vetted in any way and they're usually fairly short like uh, magazine articles. so but,
0: but you can expect that the people commenting are people with a legal background. Most of them are. A, yeah. a basis for their opinion. But you,
1: could do, you don't have to have a law degree to post there. Oh, okay. Anybody can. Okay. So, and a lot of people do. So that's why you have to be a little cautious about what? who wrote the article. But the the author's name is there and often there's a little bit about the author in Canley Connects so you'll know whether this is a solid source or not. But um, and you can, uh, you can scope it out. So it's, that's kind of a helpful way. If you found an interesting case, check out Canley Connects and right. see if someone has written about it, written an opinion piece
0: about it. This is fascinating. Yes, I know. I've, I'm going to spend the rest of the afternoon just surfing court decisions. <laughs> oh,
1: Matt, you're Thank. such a dork. Thank you so much for <laughs> Thank you, Matt.
0: Thanks to Mary Jo Maurer. If you're interested in understanding how to find and read cases, It's an essential part of Law 201701, Introduction to Canadian Law. You can find out more at TakeLaw.ca. Fundamentals of Canadian Law is recorded at Queen's University, situated on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. Our theme music's by Megan Hamilton, who's also a staff member at Queen's Law, and you can find out more about her music at MeganHamiltonMusic.wordpress.com. If you like this podcast, tell a friend. The more people who know how the law works in Canada, the better off we all are.